Chop Chop podcast with me, Martin Anderson, and Henry Sue. We're both co-founders of the Chop Shop, one of the leading search arbitrage companies out there with over 130 employees around the globe. We've been in the game for over 10 years each and we'll share the ins and outs of what makes the search arbitrage campaign work. Um, we're also answering questions, so if you have any questions, please don't be shy. Feel free to send them to us on Instagram. Our channel name is thechopshop.click. And without further ado, here's our very first episode. One of the thoughts that I had with us recording our conversations is I think that we can provide a deeper insight than what's already out there for people that are interested in search arbitrage. Um, and I think that there's a lot of people. It seems like there's a lot of people starting out. When we were in Barcelona, I was surprised to see how many people, like in Barcelona at the Affiliate World Summit, I was surprised to see how many people have interest in this field. So perhaps we can help a person or two with this project. Sure. But how about that we like give a little bit of background on our journey? Would you like to tell like how long have you been in this game? Yeah, in the search arb space, we probably mm. both of our you have a bit of a longer uh, journey in starting with the SEM world, but I would say the broader adoption of search arbitrage back in like 2013-14 was centered around email. And that's when I first came across what search arbitrage was. And at the time, I think everyone was trying to understand what what does it mean to to send traffic to a feed? And the feeds at the time were also not very also understanding of like how to receive this traffic. So the concept of a registering a domain name, verticals, and keyword reporting was all still being put together. And I'd say I was really at the beginning of this like mass adoption and how to monetize properly in a compliant way, putting together the ori original reporting tools and arbitrageurs putting traffic onto at the time it was the main sponsor it quickly grew from there email arbitrage but the challenge as at the time was like how do you keep it all compliant with subject lines with the content in the, inside the email and that kind of prompted a broader discussion of like compliance if this was to grow how do you keep it compliant yeah, that Long was a big question, short, especially with email. It, it ended up mm. not being controllable. Email our Google at the time ended up deciding it was just worth too much. It was too much risk, not worth the trouble. So yeah. the industry as a whole at the time had already started to move into native. The journey with native started at Taboola and Outbrain, where we saw most of the traffic. And that was probably around 2015, 2016. Again, like the feeds haven't really caught up yet. Arbitrage was still the, like a hush method of monetization with these feeds. And it was like, a, like the whole compliance game 
reset understanding this new form of ARB. What can we accept with native? But eventually, like with the availability of the tools and the, the spy tools as well, native became much easier to police and thus like making the whole search ARB game much more stable. Um, so from there it grew. We started buying a lot of native ads to the feeds. Uh, understanding within native, like all the different sources that you could buy between push, between legitimate news sites, desktop, mobile, all of this kind of reacts differently and Google values it and prices it differently as well. Within this native world, you had so many subsections of traffic that you had to understand from a monetization side, but also compliance and eventually trying to figure out what sources Google was most comfortable with over the next couple of years from there. I think native continued to grow significantly. Eventually other native feeds came in. The field got a lot more competitive. Compliance became stricter, of course, because of all the, the clickbaity type headlines that people would naturally kind of start pushing. So regulation got tighter, which made it more, more difficult to buy the traffic at the rates that we would have saw back in 2016 when we first started to like 2019, the CPCs and the CPAs that we would see changed dramatically. Everything got more expensive. And at the same time, the RPCs also were getting lower and lower every year as more of this traffic started to flood in to certain keywords, budgets were getting tighter. So it became harder. And I think as we've gone through this journey, we've, we've discovered how with search arbitrage, it's always about the next step. Like what is the next channel? What else can you be buying? Even if it's within native, what are the different sections of traffic that haven't been congested yet for us? That's when we started to look into social traffic. Facebook at the time was, I think, still a real Wild West kind of environment where the traffic was really cheap. The compliance in terms of like them accepting what a parked page was also much looser. So we shifted much more into Facebook and started building up the traffic there. And this was around probably 2018, 19. So at the time we were still overlapping with native. And from there, we're still buying social traffic today. Social as with native has a lot of different segments, Facebook being just one of them. You have, of course, all the other social networks. TikTok in the last two years has been one of the fastest growing ones. But that's the journey to date, covering the biggest portions of, of traffic and our journey through it. So seeing like where things started to where we at where we're at now, mm. having had a hand in kind of shape the field back in like 2013, it's amazing to see how far we've come and how many people have jumped into to the field, uh, like a broader yeah. adoption and understanding of, of what it is. 
it could be interesting for listeners to know how we got to know each other. So it was, it's also relevant to the ARB journey that you described because you had the benefit to start at what was the largest monetization service at the time. So you could see a lot that was going on in the market. And then when my company acquired domain sponsor, we then started our journey and together. And so we both had the opportunity to see what's working both for us, but also for other mm. players in the market. Yeah. Ahead of this conversation, then I thought, I wanted to ask you, what, do you remember what was the very first campaign that you launched? What was it? What vertical? Where did you launch it? How did it go? At the time when I think the hottest category at the time was health, specifically all these symptom creatives that we used to see now not as popular anymore, but yeah. all the symptom-based health categories is where I started with tabula that was like the hottest thing at the time specifically see what kind of symptoms equal mm. what kind of health condition and it was a really nice flow because you were providing the keywords about various conditions that you might have and the advertisers on the other side were providing it was a really nice flow getting the users really the information that they wanted and not blending in keywords that later on what happened is you saw a lot of these treatment keywords and of course that wasn't as that wasn't very relevant to the initial interest that the user would have but of course it paid well but i think that kind of sparked the end of of that vertical mm. but one that yeah that was probably the first one that i launched my first was it was in 2009 and we were sending, I think we were sending Yahoo to Google and we had very weird verticals. <laughs> <laughs> it was like trips to the Amalfi coast. And I remember that my, my copy was like, Viva Italia, Viva Amalfi. <laughs> and some of that worked. And then it was, it was Christmas decoration also. Something like grandma's Christmas decoration. I, we were like all over the place because we didn't have, a, there wasn't a, like the nice slide tools that are out there today. So you actually had to be creative and start from scratch. Yeah. That was the humble beginning. Yahoo to Google. And yeah, we took it from there. It, it, incredibly enough, we, we found a way to, to make it work. And I remember the feeling the first day that we, we saw that the ROI is there. And then we were like, should we do it? Should we put a thousand bucks in it? And we did. And then the next day we were like at refreshing the page, like how much money comes back. And then 2000 came back. And then I was like, this is incredible. This is, we've discovered a money printing machine. This is, this will change our lives. This was the feeling when we saw that update and it did. I'm still in this game. Still doing I think it. it's always the, like, in my experience with onboarding campaign managers, media buyers, or talking to other others in this in the space, it's always that original thrill of seeing 
what the ROI looks like. Like your yeah. first winning campaign is such a feeling of like disbelief almost where you're like, I bought mean? this traffic <laughs> for a hundred dollars and I got $150 in return. That's yeah, yeah. always what kicks off like a much broader, like push into finding more of these. <laughs> Like, yeah, I remember shortly after I love as I love watching uh, UFC and this kind of stuff. And I went to a fight uh, in Stockholm. It was a smaller one. It wasn't UFC, and there was a lot of shady people at this fight. And I was sitting right behind the big group of Bandidos members, and I just thought, oh my god, if they knew what I have, I have something that's so much better than what they're into. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you, you mentioned onboarding media buyers. So that was the next thing I wanted to, to ask you in this conversation. So how big is the team currently? Of media buyers, we have probably, I would say, 30 active. If you add everybody up in the organization. Like everyone in the organization, I would say we're probably at and 30 people with a hand in helping us generate the content, the material for the campaign, the logistics of assembling them, as well as the analysis. Yeah. With a campaign like at scale, it's easy to run, of course, one campaign. But if you want to launch like 500 campaigns a day, it requires a lot of logistics. So it's important that it's not just the media buyers, but there's a strong infrastructure to, mm. to support them. Absolutely. Yeah, that's something that's nice that we've come to to that state stage. Because in the beginning, when we tried to add new media buyers, we I remember thinking I wanted them to do the same thing that I do, like to do launch a campaign from beginning till the end with everything that's part of it, finding creatives, finding what vertical to run, researching competitors, registering the domain, etc. the whole funnel. And of course you can do that, but you'll find much less media buyers out there that are yeah. willing and able to pull through the whole thing. So if there's anyone listening to it that is thinking about building a team i would really like i would have wanted to get that advice to make try to simplify it for the people that you add yeah to the team yeah everyone like the really the key to the build out of, of so many media buyers and in, in our most recent like iteration i think the success is that everyone focuses on their part and we don't want the media buyers to get bogged down with having to register things to to do uh, uploads and a lot of the reporting having to assemble it themselves media buyers should just focus on buying and monetizing the traffic that they're of their campaigns give them the maximum amount of time to do the analysis that they need and we'll get better results. Mm. I mean, it sounds simple, but there's a lot of mo uh, lot of pieces that can slow your momentum yeah. as a media buyer. And it takes planning to make sure it's the process is as smooth as possible. In our conversations, like planning this whole thing, we've been coming back to <laughs> the story of McDonald's and <laughs> using that because McDonald's has been good at 
that compartmentalizing okay a simpler process making a burger <laughs> but still they managed to compartmentalize and make it very simple so that they can hire very freely because the system is so well defined yeah. and it's possible to do in a search arb context as well absolutely so people are probably curious about where do we buy currently what what are our main sources yeah, I mean, we, we're buying really everything that, that we can. And there are some things, of course, that we're spending more in, like with Facebook, with TikTok and GDN, but we're always testing new things, new networks, exchanges, experimenting constantly, of course, with native Taboola Outbrain. Within those, however, it's really the social side that has been quite strong for our ads yeah if we try to translate it to someone that that is starting out or doesn't have that much volume i would say yeah i'm curious to hear what you think but i would say that it's good to uh, make an assessment of who you are and what your strengths are because every every buy platform has its own specialties and some are like a bit more if you were like more analytical and others maybe give you a premium if you're more creative and so i would say very roughly native is there's a lot of details and data to check often like that i would say is the success factor so if you're more analytically minded yeah i'd probably point in that direction and if we go on the other end like tiktok for a long time it's been like the the, the beginning of launching of buying a tiktok is to have videos and to const- to put together nice videos so perhaps if that's your strength then try that first i don't know what would you say yeah i would i would agree i think different platforms have appeal to different media buyers and like you said, with native, with GDN, even like you have a lot of analytics-based optimizations that you have to put in place, either with automations and tools, or to to have to look constantly at your campaign. It's much harder to scale. Hang on, my daughter came in. Uh, no problem. <laughs> Where were we? Sorry. We were talking about different channels, different feeds, different media buyers. Mm. Yeah, so native, definitely very analytical, report heavy. You have a lot of things that you're trying to block. Uh, The only way to really scale it is to have the tools and the automations in place. Otherwise, you would be looking at a handful of campaigns all day long, seven days a week, nonstop, because there are so many sources that are coming in that all perform differently. The creative assembly within native is not as intensive you have your headline and the image of course which require a lot of of thinking but with facebook i would say it's the reverse where the creative is is much more of a of a focus where whether it's a reels or just a static image there's a lot more competition Mm. with drawing in the user and getting those high ctrs editing like constantly working on your video creative 
for TikTok as well. What are your hooks, your, the content that, or the angle that you're using in the video? There's a lot of optimization that you have to put in on the video side, as opposed to the campaign where if your video performs really well, then you have much less that you would have to optimize with, with the buy side because you're really yeah. buying from just Facebook or TikTok. There's not a lot of other, there's not a lot of noise there to filter out. Yeah. 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 Nicely put. Okay. Hey, maybe we leave it at, at this point. The plan is to do it once a week. And I think we can just go in. There's a whole chain of what one needs to consider when media buying. We have, for instance, experience about all the different providers where you can sell your traffic, what to keep in mind when you start sending keyword keywords is a chapter of itself i think we can yeah hop into that how to work with creatives and research there's a lot to come yeah let's explore those in the upcoming weeks yeah looking forward to it okay amigo all right good rest of the day speak soon Bye. you too ciao you have listened to the chop shop podcast with martin anderson and henry sue for more information about search arbitrage, don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube, on Spotify for this podcast, on Instagram. Uh, you find us by just searching for The Shop Shop, one word, and off you go.